Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you. Hi, everyone. This is George Mazaros with Success Harbor, and I have Kim Palmer with me. Kim is the author of the new book, The Economy of You, Discover Your Inner Entrepreneur and Recession-Proof Your Life, which focuses on how to build a successful side business to create financial security and personal satisfaction. Kim is also a senior money editor for U.S. News and World Report. In addition, She's the creator of Palmer's Planners, a line of digital financial guides on Etsy. Welcome. Hi, George. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you very much for being here, Kim. You write about money and how to have more of it. How do you start out writing about money? Were you always interested in, in this topic? Not really, actually. I used, I started out when I first graduated from college writing much more about fashion and culture and nothing to do with money at all. And then I realized that Everything I was writing about, even in the culture space, really came back to money and so many of people's lifestyles and decisions about their lives really revolves around making money, how to afford the lifestyle they want. And so I knew I wanted to really focus on money. So after a few years working as a reporter, I got more serious about focusing on money. So how did you get interested in side hustlers? It was really out of my own personal experience, and it was actually about five years ago now when the recession was just at its height. I mean, I felt like there was no job stability for me and, you know, for a lot of people, and at the same time, I was, it was around the same time I became a mom, and I just felt like, how am I going to find financial security for not just myself now, but my family. And that's when I got really into this concept of earning more than one source of income. So not just having your your job, if you're lucky enough to have one, but also having a second or maybe even third source of income coming in as well. So just in case that worst case scenario came true when I when I did lose my job, which, you know, knock on wood hasn't happened. Um, but in case that came true and I was so worried it would come true, I would have something to fall back on. So I'd still have money coming in. So that's what really drew me to the idea. And even if you are not worried about losing your job, right? I mean, it's great to have multiple sources of income, even for businesses, you know, the more places you get revenue from, the more secure your business altogether. Yes. And that is something I came to really learn over time as I built up my own side business. And I realized, you know, not just is it so great and gives you such a sense of security to have that extra income coming in, but it can also give you, or at least it gives me this incredible satisfaction too that comes from trying something new and experimenting and finding a way that I can leverage my own interests and skills into something that's useful for other people. So it's not even just about the money. It's about really finding a sense of purpose and feeling creatively satisfied. So in your book, The Economy of You, you you tell stories about side giggers. Do you think that side gigs are more important today than in the past? I do. And there's a few reasons for that. One of the biggest is because our entire job market has changed and people do not stay in jobs. They do not feel like they have security for a lifetime the way that people did, say, 30, 40, 50 years ago. So it's our job market that's changed, but it's also us that's changed. And that's something that really was driven home to me just by interviewing so many people who do this as a way of life. A lot of college students now, they just assume, 
of course, when they graduate, they'll have not just the job, but also something on the side. Have be, being entrepreneurial in that way and having a side hustle is just sort of a natural order of things for them. So I think we're really seeing a fundamental shift in how people think about their income, their job security, their careers. And in a way, I mean, it's scary in a way because it means that you have more responsibility on yourself and more pressure and stress in a way to think about how can I develop some kind of side business uh, a lot as, as I'm developing my career. But it's also, I mean, the plus side is that you do get greater financial security. You do get more satisfaction. You get experience, too, in thinking about ways that you might want to shape your career over time. And a lot of people take their side business that they develop and then later on turn that into a full-time job as being a full-time entrepreneur, or they just use that experience they get from their side business to shift careers. So you can really do a lot with it. So how did you find all the different side giggers to write about? Well, I'm really lucky in that my job as a reporter, my full-time job as being a reporter uh, at U.S. News & World Report, it lets me talk to and meet so many different kinds of people every day, all the time. And so a big chunk of the people in my book I actually first met through my reporting work for U.S. News. And that really sort of opened up this whole world for me because, you know, one person introduces me to another person and it kind of snowballs from there. So a lot of it started out as my reporting on the economy for U.S. News. What are some unusual or unexpected side gigs you came across? Well, the biggest surprise for me, I think, was that anything to do with pets, so anything to do with helping people who have dogs and cats, is huge right now and growing. And it's partly because there's so many busy professionals who have pets but just don't have time to take care of them. So I came across pet sitters pet coaches to help people train their pets. So that was an unexpected growing area. Also, I was surprised at how many people make a living and a side gig out of social media. And a lot of people, they have these skills that to them, it feels natural. Of course, they know how to use Facebook and Twitter, but you can actually make a great income helping other people and other small businesses develop their social media. And so that was a huge field that I, I was also previously not so aware of. Um, and then also anything to do with coaching. I mean, whatever your expertise is, chances are, you know, someone out there wants to learn it. So you can turn almost anything into some kind of coaching career. And that's something that really struck me, too, as I started interviewing people and learning about how people are making money. I mean, with coaching, too, a lot of people, they just get started right away. They set up their website. They announce their plans to start coaching. And it's such an easy thing to do. Uh, so, so those were some big growth areas that I was I was surprised by. So what advice do you have for those with a job that are thinking about starting a side hustle? How should they prepare? Well, the first thing to do is to really make sure you're not going to be jeopardizing your full-time job. And I think previously this is something that concerned people before when it was less normal to have a side gig. But you, you first, you, you do want to make sure that you're not going to be having any sort of conflict, either an ethical conflict or conflict of interest with your full-time job. And if you're not sure, you might just want to talk to your supervisor about it. But one thing, and I mentioned this to you before we got started on the recording, is that people previously were so worried about having a conflict that they didn't even get started with their side gigs. And this is something we saw really in the previous decades. So if you talk to someone 
who grew up in that more traditional work environment, then they're usually really concerned that you're creating a conflict of interest with your full-time job. But what I found out through my reporting is that we've really seen a fundamental shift in how workplaces think about people's side gigs now, and they actually embrace them, and they see them as assets because it means that their employees on their own time are learning all these new skills, new abilities, new experience, and then they can actually bring that back to their full-time jobs. So that's something I saw over and over again, that that workplaces are actually looking for people with entrepreneurial entrepreneurial experience. And so if you've launched an Etsy shop or you've been you've been entrepreneurial in some way, they want to hear about that in your job interview and they see it as something that's good for them, too. So that is something that I see as a really positive development and it makes it easier for people to launch their side businesses. To answer the rest of your question, how do you get started? I, I think that one of the, the best things that you can do is to spend a little bit of time thinking about what your skills and interests are. And the best way to do this and what helped me is just browsing some of these incredible e-commerce websites and seeing how other people are making money online right now. My favorites are, of course, Etsy, which I use. There's also Fiverr, Elance, Freelancer. And you can really get a sense of what's out there. One one trending topic right now is anything to do with writing wedding speeches. So if you're if you're good with words and you want to help people write wedding speeches right now on elance.com, that's a big category. I mean, there's things you would never have previously thought of. So just taking some time to browse and see what you really connect to can help you figure out what kind of business you will want to launch. It's also probably okay just to experiment. Some of these sites that you mentioned are great because you don't have to make a long-term commitment to something. You know, if you go to one of these, uh, like Elance, you can try something. If you hate it, well, you don't have to do that anymore. You can try something else. Yes, and I love that about these sites. It's also very low cost. So you're not spending hundreds or even thousands of dollars to set up your own fancy e-commerce website. You're just jumping onto these existing sites, which you can do pretty much in an hour or two, depending on what kind of thing you're starting, for very low cost, certainly less than $100, probably less than $50 or even $10. And you can get started and, like you said, experiment. And once you make that first sale to your first client, it's such a learning experience and you can decide what you want to do differently next time, what kind of products or services you might want to expand into. So really just getting started and experimenting is the way to go. How commonly are side hustles replace people's jobs based on you know your findings for your book and the other context that you had? Yeah. Well, first of all, side businesses themselves are increasingly common. So right now, about 20% of American workers have some kind of side business, and that includes freelance work, contract work, getting on one of these websites that we've mentioned. And in terms of how often it actually replaces a full-time job, of the 100 people that I profile in my book, about 10 of them had decided to have it replace their job. So either they left their job to do their side business full-time, or in some cases, they actually did get laid off, and so they had to turn to their side business and make it something full-time. But what what I was really focusing on, the people that I was focusing on, because this is what I relate to myself, are people that don't necessarily consider it their end goal to have their side business replace their full-time job. A lot of us 
love our full-time jobs and we don't necessarily want to do the side business full-time. It's more just like a supplement, something that adds to our income, something we know will be there for us if, you know, God forbid we were to lose our jobs. So it's not necessarily the goal always to have it replace your job, but it does definitely does happen sometimes. And in, in the people I interviewed, it happened about 10% of the time. So what are some common misconceptions about side hustlers or, or side hustling? I think one of the biggest is that it's something a little bit shady or something you should not talk about or almost be ashamed of. I think that that grows partly out of even just how we talk about it. We used to use the term moonlighting a lot and as if doing something on the side is something you are always doing after dark. It's a little bit secretive. And I think it's no longer the case that it's something to be ashamed of and actually quite the opposite. It's something that people can really be proud of and can use, as I mentioned, to, you know, boost their own careers and job opportunities. And we see that, too, on on social media accounts. People increasingly will highlight both their full-time job and also their side gig on their LinkedIn profiles, on their Twitter pages. So that's definitely – so one myth is just that it's something you should keep quiet and be secretive about. The other is just that it is too expensive to start or it's too difficult to start. And we alluded to this before, but today it's just so easy to get started thanks to these incredible e-commerce websites that already exist. So you don't have to start from scratch. There's nothing wrong with trying and failing and trying again. I mean, this this world is all about experimentation. And so I think uh, another myth is just how, how hard it can be to get started. And that's not true. It's very easy now. And that's a new development. I mean, really in the last five years is when we've seen such a shift there with all these websites becoming more mainstream and accepted. What are, in your opinion, what are some common reasons side hustlers fail? I think that one of the biggest is just a fear of making mistakes, a fear of failing itself stops people in their tracks. One of the the hardest or the sad sad story that I learned through my reporting is uh, someone who was so excited to start their uh, organizing business. And when they got started, um, they did a great job with their first client, but that client just never paid them. And they were too... Uh, too shy, essentially, about demanding that payment that they were owed. And so they never sought their second client. They just stopped because, you know, they never got paid for their first job. I think that just that kind of fear of rejection, I think rejection is really the word I'm looking for, the fear of rejection of selling something and having people not like it, of receiving negative reviews, which really just goes with the territory. I mean, you have to be mentally prepared to deal with bad days, negative comments, negative reviews. And, you know, hopefully that will be just a small subset of your interactions with your customers and with potential customers. But, you know, it's bound to happen and you just have to find a way to be resilient and bounce back and not let it get you down too much. But that that rejection factor really becomes big for some people. And it's hard to get over if you're not if you're not mentally prepared to handle it. It can really be a big blow. Yeah, just failing and not sticking with it is is a big thing. It's the same thing as with entrepreneurs, people that start a business. You know, you fail when you stop trying, right? So I yes. would imagine it's very similar for side hustlers as well. 
Yes. And I think you really have to invite uh, some degree of failure into your life because, I mean, like you said, it's just part of it. And you, you, you're not going to be successful at all if you don't fail at all. So if you just accept that failure is kind of inevitable and something you just have to learn to roll with, then it can be easier to get past those, those really inevitable setbacks. What makes a side hustler successful? What are some characteristics that you, you've found common uh, among the 100 people that are in your book? One big one is resilience for the reasons we were just talking about. I mean, the people who fail and then can just keep going and find a reason to keep going, they have that motivation are the ones that find a way because they don't stop until they do, they do figure something out and gain some traction. Um, I think also... It depends a lot on your reasons for for why you're launching your business. And this is something I talk about in the beginning of the book, that the people who really know what why they're doing what they're doing, it seemed like they found it easier to keep going through those hard times. So if someone could point to the fact that, you know, I was laid off once, I hated that feeling, and I never want to be so insecure or so dependent on one income again. And they really knew that at the top of their mind, that was what was motivating them. They used that. They, they drew on that uh, for strength when they needed it. Also, people who a lot of people were going through major life transitions, and that's what motivated them. So either buying a house, getting married, having kids, something, something big happened in their life that motivated them to seek out this second income. And w- because they were so aware of that as a motivating factor, they thought about it and they drew on it when they needed it. So really knowing what motivates you uh, and, and really feeling that sense of, of internal motivation can, can help too. Let's talk about your own side business Palmer's Planners, a line of digital financial guides on Etsy. How did you come up with the idea? I was actually about to interview an Etsy business owner one day for my job. And as part of my preparation for that, I was just browsing on the website Etsy. And I, I had been familiar with the site before just because I've purchased things on it, like mostly jewelry before. And as I was preparing, as I was doing my research, I found this section I had never seen before called paper goods. And within that, there were calendars and planners. And I just, something just clicked. I immediately thought, you know, I belong here. I could be here making something as well. Uh, In the back of my head, I had always sort of fantasized about selling on Etsy because it's such a cool site. But because I'm not a crafty person, I just didn't think it was for me. And so when I saw this section on calendars and planners, that's when I had that moment of thinking, oh, I could do this too. So really within two weeks, it all happened. I mean, I had that idea and then I went home and I drafted up my first and actually best-selling planner, which is my baby planner to help people getting ready financially to have their first baby. I found a freelance illustrator online through one of through a blog that I knew and got it all set up within a couple weeks. Um, and yeah, it happened really fast. So that it kind of so in a way it was by accident, but I, I've always been a fan of Etsy, and I just felt like I fit in really well there. Yeah, it's interesting because I always thought of Etsy as you know pe- for people that want to sell like crafts and and, yes. and all that. So I didn't think you would have something like Palmer's planners on there, but that's that's pretty cool that you found out. Yeah, it's it. You're right. I mean, it is mostly crafters and jewelry makers and artists, but there's a section for people that make planners, and so that's where I belong. So um, thank you. I, I really want to appreciate uh, Kim for coming on Success Harbor today. 
How can uh, people connect with you or find out, find your book and, and so on and so forth? What's the best way for people to, to contact you or connect yeah. with you? I love hearing from people. My website is economyofyou.com, and there's worksheets on there, free worksheets that go with my book. You can see samples of my planners. Uh, also, if people are on Twitter, I'm at Alpha Consumer. Um, and what else? Yeah, my book, The Economy of You, of course, is on Amazon and other any you know wherever books books are sold. So yeah, I would love to hear from people. So everybody out there, check out economyofyou.com and check out the economy of you on Amazon. Uh, Kim, thank you very much for coming on Success Harbor. I wish you much success with your book thank and you. your Etsy and your Palmer's planners on Etsy. Thank you, George. It was so great to speak with you. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much.